Miracle of Earth versus private space. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Caleb. And my name's Josiah. And this is Learn Me Something, yeah, episode five. Episode five. In this this episode, we're doing something a little bit different. Today is space themed. Space. 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 I'm so excited. Space. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Uh, anyway, okay. I'm so excited. I've been excited about this one for a while. Uh, just cause yeah. I like space and, uh. There's just so much to talk about. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, uh. It's a big place. <laughs> big place out there. <laughs> big world, lots of smells. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you haven't listened before, this is a competitive teaching podcast. So me and Caleb are each gonna teach each other about a topic. Um, in this case, it has to do with space. And then we're going to have you as the listener decide who wins and who loses. And we'll have you vote on that on our social media. Yep. And then the loser of each episode has to do a punishment. And speaking of punishments, I, for the first time in a couple episodes, did not lose. So yeah. Josiah has the honor today of explaining uh, how his punishment was. Yeah, so I had to watch a Lord <laughs> of the Rings movie and then eat an additional piece of gum every 20 minutes. <laughs> and uh, I chose to watch the longest one, which is the Return of the King, the extended edition, which is without the credits. It's four hours long. Oh man, it's a good movie. But I started it at like eleven, eleven thirty at, at night. night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you kind of punished to, yourself. Yeah. So other other than just trying to stay awake, it was not. It was pretty enjoyable. <laughs> like I liked the movie. And I, I, I bought these. They're, they were a little bit smaller than I was thinking. So the actual end piece of gum that was like 13 pieces was, uh, it was like gum, gumball size, which, I mean, my jaw was a little tired, but it was kind of enjoyable. <laughs> this, this punishment more than anything just like made me giggle. <laughs> no. If you're not following our social media... Uh, we had people write in uh, on our Instagram any ideas for punishments that they had, and then we kind of had like a tournament-style voting to determine the final punishment out of the... Uh, we ended up with like 10 or 12 options. It was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. But that was, the, <laughs> that was the final vote. It's just... Some, some punishments aren't as horrible, but they just make me laugh because they're, <laughs> they're just so random. I know. It was very uh, creative. So did you have anybody watching with you, or were you just by yourself chewing on some gum? No, I, uh, I, I didn't know. I kind of, like, waited. I didn't have much time to do it, so then I just kind of found a time to do it and then knocked it out. I had a friend who wanted to do it with me, but I, <laughs> I didn't think that he'd want to come over at 1130 <laughs> and watch a four-hour movie yeah. with me. But, yeah. I get it. I get that, but I'm 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 more into Lord of the Rings now. I've been wanting to like watch them all for a long time, but now I'm like getting a little bit more nerdy about Lord of the Rings. So nice. Well, I, I it's been a long time since I've watched them. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, my wife was actually the one who had that punishment idea. And ended up winning, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, thanks, Mallory. Yeah. It actually, yeah. Thanks for suggesting one that was not a bad punishment. At the end, it was it was either between that or eating blended spaghetti for breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner. So, thank you, everyone who voted for uh, for me to watch a good movie and chew some gum. Not bad. I okay. I'll admit. I'll confess something. Um, I tried my very hardest to stay out of the voting since <laughs> most of the voting for the punishment happened before we knew which one of us lost the episode. So I tried to stay out of it so it would be a little more non-biased. But <laughs> I did vote on the last one because <laughs> blended spaghetti is just so funny. <laughs> so I voted <laughs> for that. <laughs> Yeah, it was close. I almost lost to that one. There were lots of really funny ones, and then there were. some that didn't didn't make the tournament cut because otherwise there would have been just too many options. Um, yeah, yeah. There were some good ones in there. Yeah, that we'll we'll use in the future. Yeah, we are all of the all of the people that wrote in. Uh, if your punishment didn't win, we have it down as options for future episodes. Yeah. So most likely we'll see a lot of those anyway. Yeah, I'm think I'm thinking in the future we'll just build a list and then get a random generator and yeah, pick them from there. But if you if you have other ideas for punishments, let us know and we'll we'll add them. Yes, which leads us to our last point, I guess, before we officially start this episode, which is if you have not left a review or uh, thrown a a star rating on our podcast, uh, take a second. Before or after or during this episode and scroll on down with your finger and give it a little review. And uh, you, you don't even have to write a review, even if you just like press a star. It's just yeah, a one just click tap the star. thing that's, that's pretty helpful. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we usually play a game to decide who goes first. Oh, yeah. And uh, this week, since it's space episode, we're going to play Asteroids, that like old arcade space. game. We found a version online. We're going to see who can get the highest score. And that yes, and I will say we were both playing it <laughs> before we even hit record on the episode because it's actually pretty fun. It's so. pretty fun. Okay, ready? Play on three. Okay. One, two, three, go. go. I'm not going to lie. This game is very fun, and the graphics are so good. <laughs> it's like it looks real. <laughs> it's so it's like I can, I'm controlling a real spaceship. Oh, my word. A little alien just showed up and shot me out of the sky. Oh, I just sniped that guy. Things are not looking good for me, Josiah. These aliens are stressful. How many lives do you have left? Three, baby. No way. Uh, well, I have one life. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, I just died. Oh, what? Um, well, well, I yeah, I just had a game over. Oh, I'm still alive. I thought I died. Oh. What the? Rigged. I call that you cheated. I call for a mistrial. Yeah, I just pressed uh, Command-R, and then I had three more lives. It's crazy. <laughs> I hit up, up, down, down, A, B, A, B, whatever <laughs> that is. Okay, so uh, I won, so I'm going to have you go first. Okay. Uh, that sounds good. Cue the uh, starting gong. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the gong. <laughs> okay, Josiah. So, uh, we decided on a space-themed episode, right? So I right. I started researching, pretty much looking up like fun space things, crazy space facts, trying to get some inspiration, you know? 
And what I found out, interestingly enough, is that Earth, the Earth, our pretty blue circle here, pale blue dot, uh, is actually flat. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, Earth. <laughs> I really started looking into it, and just all the evidence points to a flat Earth. It's irrefutable. And you can't deny it. <laughs> anyway, no, what I was going to say was Earth, all on its own, is actually pretty stinking interesting. Uh, so I traveled the universe via Google looking for fun things, and oh, nice. it brought me back nice. to today's topic, which is the miracle of earth you ready huh yeah (laughs) all right yeah i'm ready okay cool so (laughs) let's dive into earth and the reason that i named my topic today the miracle of earth is because i wanted to talk about all of the things that have to be exactly right in order for us to be alive and for earth to be Hmm. livable and Yeah, yeah it is actually pretty baffling how many things have to be have to line up perfectly in order for us to be able to be alive on our little blue mm-hmm. sphere. So, mm-hmm. without further ado, let me dive into the first thing uh, that has to go right, and really the biggest thing, which is Earth's orbit to the sun. Science, <laughs> when you're talking science, as we do frequently <laughs> here... Uh, <laughs> If you're a regular listener, you'll know. <laughs> um, there's a term called the habitable zone, habit, habitable zone, habitable zone. Habitable zone. <laughs> Man, I really don't want this to become a thing where I just mispronounce things all the time on the on episodes, <laughs> but it's it's starting. Um, also known as the Goldilocks zone, uh, and that is basically mm-hmm. the distance that a planet has to be from its star that it's orbiting in order for it to uh, be habitable. (laughs) And so, as you may have guessed by the fact that we're breathing and listening to podcasts, uh, Earth is in the sun's Goldilocks zone. And that just means that it has to be close enough to where it's getting sun, or it's getting heat from the sun, but it has to be far enough to where it's not getting too much heat. Uh, And so that's step one of a livable, uh, potential livable planet. And so Earth happens to be in the zone. And uh, so I was looking into what would have to happen for Earth to not be in the zone anymore. Uh, And so number one would be Earth would have to lose its orbit. So right now it's orbiting the sun uh, in a oval, not a perfect circle, but in an oval pattern Mm -hmm. uh, at around 18.5 miles per second. Basically, in order for something to orbit, it has to be pulled in by the gravity of the thing it's orbiting, but moving fast enough that it never hits the thing it's being pulled to. And lucky for us, we are, we nailed it. We're right there. Um, Goodness. So here's some fun, here's some fun facts about the orbit. If the Earth immediately stopped orbiting, just right away, stopped Um, I don't know if there's anything scientific that would cause this to happen, but if it did stop, we would all just shoot off into space like, (laughs) like a a car crash when you kind of, yeah, (laughs) lurch forward. Got your momentum going. Yeah. If we stopped immediately, (laughs) obviously extinction level event, but if we stopped our orbit gradually, here's what would happen. We would exponentially 
speed up towards the sun. So we would start immediately falling into the sun. Uh, so within one week of our gradual stop, it would be about one degree warmer. So really, no one would probably notice. Oh, wow. Yeah, globally, it would be one degree warmer. Problem is, it's exponential, so it gets way worse. So by day 21, yeah, yeah. Uh, we are about 95 degrees worldwide. Uh, and that's 35 degrees Celsius for our non-U.S. listeners, which we actually have, which is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. So cool. 95 degrees, That's and that's a worldwide temperature. That's hotter than an average day in the Sahara. Um, and from that, there would be major droughts and major wildfires, and crops would have a pretty tough go of things. Uh, and then in addition, because we're closer to the sun, there would be an increase in ultraviolet radiation, which would mean that within 15 minutes, anyone outside would have pretty severe sunburns. Uh, so that's 21 days in. Fast forward a little bit to 35 days in, we are now at 137 degrees Fahrenheit, or 58 degrees Celsius, which is a little hotter than the average day in Death Valley, which is the hottest place on the planet. And this is pretty much where humanity dies, 35 days into our <laughs> pull towards the sun. Yeah. Most mammals and birds also die. Uh, mm -hmm. Fast forward to day 41. Earth will have officially passed Venus, which is kind of fun. We become number two in the solar system. Oh, yeah. On our way to number one. Yeah. Unfortunately, by that point, everything except the bacteria that lives in, like, Yellowstone will be dead. Oh, the stuff that's, like, used to high temperatures? Yeah. Uh, by day 58, Earth will have officially passed Mercury, which makes us number one in the solar system. woo uh, unfortunately, everything by this point has died, and um, Earth starts to break apart, and there's everything is boiling, and Earth basically turns into mm -hmm. like a volcano. Uh, and then by day 65, it's game over. Earth crashes into the sun, and it is officially no more. Two months. So that's what happens if the Earth just loses its orbit completely, which, you know, is pretty unlikely. Some significant things would have to happen in order for that to occur. <laughs> and if that occurs, that's like the least of our worries. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But let's talk about some less significant changes um, to make things more interesting. So if the orbit just shifts slightly towards the sun, um, let's talk about what happens in that case. So right now, on average, the Earth is about 94.325 million miles from the sun. If we shifted just a couple million miles towards the sun, so in the grand scheme of things, a very insignificant shift, all of a sudden, the surface would warm, obviously, glaciers would melt, um, and because of that, most of the ground, or the sea level would rise and most of the ground would be flooded. So pretty much by just a couple million miles in, that's an extinction level event right there. Um, Seawater absorbs more heat um, than ground, when you take the same amount of surface area, seawater takes in and absorbs more heat than ground does. Um, so when okay. seawaters rise and there's more seawater than ground, uh, basically there's more heat being taken and kept within our atmosphere. Um, and so because of that, carbon dioxide would dissolve from our ocean into the atmosphere, which would thicken the atmosphere, as well as there'd be more vapor from the ocean that evaporates and that enters our atmosphere, which also contributes to a significant uh, increase in temperature, which basically says goodbye humanity. And that is for a mm -hmm. very small shift towards the sun. Yeah, how, f how far did you say? A few million miles. 
Which sounds like a lot, okay. but then you have to also think about that the Earth right now moves uh, almost 19 miles every second. So, I mean, we're talking pretty insignificant numbers according to the speed at which we're already traveling. Uh, I'll keep moving along here. If we moved away from the sun, the same thing would happen, pretty much reverse. The planet would freeze over. Uh, and so because it's frozen, it would reflect more heat than absorb. Um, and then the CO2 from the atmosphere would dissolve into the ocean. So basically, we'd, we, <laughs> we'd all freeze to death. So we are, in, we are within like four, mi four, four miles, four million miles either direction <laughs> from the end of humanity, basically. Uh, so we're in a very specific spot. Yeah. Do you know how far, like the distance between the farthest the Earth gets from the sun and the closest? Like how much that varies? Uh, I don't actually. I don't think it's a huge amount, but obviously it's... It's less than a few million miles. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like a seasons thing, because that's the tilt of the Earth. Right. right? Yeah. And it's, I think it's pretty, it's pretty gradual. Otherwise, we'd notice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, number one, orbit. Life is only possible on Earth because we're in a very, very exact orbit. Perfectly placed uh, to be not too hot and not too cold. Number two, like you mentioned a second ago, is the rotation of the Earth and the tilt of the Earth. So right now, the Earth is at a 23 uh, and a half degree tilt, and that is what causes the seasons. And because of this, we have kind of a more consistent temperature. So that allows the majority of the Earth to be habitable for humans. Uh, did I say it wrong again? Habitable. Hab habitable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, habitable. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is another very, very specific thing that is very precise and allows us to live on the planet. So if we didn't have a tilt, uh, we wouldn't have any seasons, which would basically make it so that the hot places would stay very hot and the cold places would stay very cold. Uh, and because of that, we would have only about half of the available farmable land that we have now on the surface, and then only the mid-latitude areas on Earth would be ideal for humans to live. So yeah. even just losing the tilt would cause a significant decrease in the usability of Earth for humans, basically. Yeah. On the other side, if you doubled the tilt... Uh, so 46 or 47 degrees, um, you would have the opposite. You'd have very extreme seasons. So colds would be very, very cold and hot would be very, very hot. Mm -hmm. And then Europe and North America would have very, very long periods of dark in the winter and very, very long periods of light oh. during the summer, which yeah. would make most of Earth's surface unlivable. Uh, and yeah. that is, I mean, we're talking like 20 degree shifts. We're not talking about big 180 degree shifts or 90 degree shifts. A very small degree or difference in degree would make it a lot harder for humans to live on earth. So that's number two. That's the second thing that has to be just right. Um, and then number three, the rotation right now, um, well, I don't need to give you this information. Every 24 hours, actually, Josiah, the Earth rotates. <laughs> but because of this, Earth is evenly heated like a golden marshmallow with the fire. 
Uh, and it. Ah, uh, which, by the way, if you don't, I mean, I I understand when people just stick it in the fire because they want to eat it. Yeah. But, but it's just. You just need to try. The patience. Yes. Of just. Just slowly <laughs> rotating it and, and getting it golden, and then your, your mind will be The cheap, marshmallow so. game is a long-term game. If you want the best reward, <laughs> you have to put in it the work. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a life lesson, actually, right there. <sighs> so, anyway, glad, yeah, that seemed, I, I just thought I'd give that, that little piece of That advice. needed to be said. That was good. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Um, yeah, so right now, 24 hours is actually pretty perfect, which is... If you're thinking about the significance of how all of these very, very, very specific things are exactly perfect for us on here, it's kind of astonishing. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. uh, the Earth slowed down in rotation, then we would have extreme night and day. So at night, it would get very cold. At day, it would get very hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then if we had a faster rotation, it would basically be... <laughs> I read uh, one... <laughs> One of my sources said it would be like daylight savings on crack, which made me laugh. <laughs> uh, so it basically picture instead of an hour difference once a year or twice a year, I guess, it would be in like two hours difference every single day. So it makes it... What? That is if it spun fast enough. So like twice as fast. That would be the difference because it wouldn't be a full 24 hours a day which would mean to maintain it, we would have to change the time. Oh, from what we currently yeah, have. Yeah, to make it work. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. So I got you. Okay. Basically, that makes it pretty impossible to have habits, which is pretty important for wildlife and for humans um, to be able to get sleep at a consistent time and be awake at a consistent time and eat and drink at a consistent time is very important. And when the, cha- when the time is changing that frequently, you don't, you don't really get that because you're having having to adjust every single day, uh, and it would make living way harder. In addition, if you uh, sped up the rotation by two, they're twice as fast. The water level would rise uh, by about 300 feet, which would make Indonesia, most of South America, gone, and then Africa would split into like two pretty small islands, um, and then you'd have some significant hurricanes for most of the year. So basically, what I'm trying to say here is if you slowed down Earth's rotation by much, you couldn't live. And if you sped it up by much, you couldn't live. But we happen to be, again, (laughs) in the exact sweet spot. That's why it's so – they're talking about, like, alien life. Like, so many things have to work out just right in order for Mm -hmm. there to be life, or at least life like us anyway. Yeah. That was a random fact. Uh, and then another fun fact is if the Earth <laughs> if the Earth just stopped spinning in an instant, uh, the atmosphere would keep spinning. And we spin, depending on where you are on Earth, you spin at about 1,100 miles an hour. Or if you're, like, in Chicago in a more narrow part of the Earth, around, yeah. like, 800, I think. But the atmosphere would keep spinning at that speed, which would mean everything that's not directly attached to rock ground would be... Yeah. Like, just swept away, <laughs> which is kind of fun. <laughs> Except for if you're at, like, the poles. Yeah. Yeah, then you'd be fine. Then you just, Probably. like, spin around. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa. Help. 
Okay, I have a few, believe it or not, a few more quick things that matter. Um, so the next thing is the atmosphere, as you would guess, of Earth. Right now, the atmosphere is 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, uh, less than 1% ar argon, and then 0 0.03 uh, CO2. And what's interesting is scientists haven't found another planet yet, or at least at the time of the articles that I was reading, uh, that has oxygen in anything more than trace amounts. So Earth right now is the only place that has a significant amount of oxygen. If we had any more oxygen, then there would be fires everywhere because com combustion would be a lot easier. And rocks and metal would weather and wear way faster, so it would be hard to do much with resources. Oh, if we had any less oxygen, then we would have less of an ozone layer, and that's what shields us from ultraviolet rays, and so that would also make yeah. living very dangerous. Um, and then you've got CO2, which is kind of like the building block for, li for life. Like, that's the base requirement to have life. Um, if we have any less CO2 than we do right now, any less than 0.03%, which is a very specific number, uh, then there's less plants, less, less resources for plants, so less plants, so less um, that things that eat plants. And then the oceans would become acidic, and there would be a much colder climate. If we had any more CO2, it would be about 20 to 30 degrees warmer globally, uh, which obviously is going to cause problems again with glaciers and all of and sea levels and all of that. Yeah, yeah. So CO2, yeah. oxygen, both at the perfect level for us to be able to live. Oceans, which water in abundance, a permanent source of water, is a requirement for life as we know it, and it is also extremely, mm -hmm. extremely rare to find on planets. So the fact that we have a significant amount of water is kind of also mind-blowing. And there's a... I won't explain why water's useful. <laughs> there's a lot of reasons why water's useful, but it's... A, <laughs> you can yeah. drink it. Well, even clean things I didn't it. think about when I was doing my research is, like, it's transparent. So if it wasn't transparent, then things that did photosynthesis, like, under the water couldn't do that, and so there wouldn't be resources oh, for fish, yeah. and so there wouldn't be resources for, you know, the whole food chain. So, huh. Yeah, I've never thought about that before. Um, and then another thing, another big thing about water is it is one of the best elements for capturing and holding on to heat. So that's the reason that hmm. our planet is able to be warm enough to live on. Really? Like if there was no water, it would be too cold to live here? Well, here's what's cool. So the ocean, <laughs> cool, <laughs> get it? Uh. So the oceans, on average, are about 45 degrees. And so what's really cool about that is that acts as like a global regulator for the entire planet. So areas that are really cold, the 45 degrees warms up. And yeah. the areas that are really hot, the 45 degrees cools down. So it is just like a massive temperature regulator that keeps everything perfect on Earth for that us. That is really cool. That's awesome. Three more quick things, and then I'm done. The Earth's crust, and this is something I'd never considered, but it's crazy to think about. Um, about 29% of the planet's surface is towards continents, and the average height of the continents is 2,750 feet above sea level. The other 71% of the planet's surface goes to the oceans, and mm -hmm. on average, the ocean has the oceans have a depth of 12,500 feet, 
which means that we have very tall continents and very, very deep oceans. If, mm-hmm. it was any, if it was even a little bit more even in any way, like if you took the tallest parts of the continents, put it in the deepest part of the ocean, even everything out, yeah. then all of yeah. the Earth would be about 8,000 feet below sea level. So the oceans have incredibly deep basins, and the continents, or we have incredibly tall continents. Um, and scientists have found that uh, continental crust is about two times as dense as ocean crusts. And so that's the only reason that the continents stay elevated above the ocean crust instead of sinking down below. And scientists don't have an answer for that yet. They don't know why. Wait, so they're, the land is two times as dense as the sea crust? Yeah, so they're both made of rock, basically. Continent yep. is made of rock, and the bottom of the deepest ocean is made of rock. But the continental land is twice as dense, which is why it's able to stay up instead of falling it's and sinking down. It's more structurally sound. Yeah. So hmm. that, I mean, I had known about some of these things I talked about to an extent, but I had never even considered that how crazy the difference has to be in the deepest depths versus the tallest talls in order for us to have land to live on. Yeah, depending on how much water is on is on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then another thing is the moon, which causes the tides, and its uh-huh. gravitational pull holds our 23.5-degree tilt. So without the moon, we would lose the tides, which would mean there'd be mass extinction of sea life because that's how the that's how a lot of nutrients is moved around. Yeah. Um, and then the tilt of Earth would become unstable. And so we would have all of the problems that I mentioned back at the tilt section <laughs> and basically all die. And then yeah. the Earth would spin faster without the moon because the moon is actually gradually slowing the rotation of the Earth. So without oh. the moon, the Earth would spin faster and we'd have the uh, daylight savings on crack issue. Is that similar to like when you're you're spinning and you have your arms out and then you can pull your arms in and you, and you can spin quicker? It's like a torque thing. Yeah. I, that's the reason why the moon yeah. slows us down? I read a little bit about it. I didn't dive too much into it. It has something to do with the moon grabs the tides um, and because of that, there's an uneven balance of water towards the moon on the Earth side oh. facing the moon and that causes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In some type of science, <laughs> that causes things to work out. <laughs> According to science, yeah. Oh, and then last thing uh, is Jupiter. Our orbit and Jupiter's orbit is lined up so perfectly and so precisely that Jupiter takes the brunt of asteroids and dangerous, unhealthy gases that would otherwise hit Earth. Really? Yeah. Basically, we just have a giant shield in Jupiter that's, that's cool. keeping us safe. That's cool. Thank you, Jupiter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so to sum it all up, and then I'm done, we have no way of living on Earth unless we have an exact orbit of a star that's the exact size and puts out the exact heat to keep us warm, and we have to have the exact elements on Earth to absorb the heat and to give us the, enough nutrients and energy to stay alive, and we have to have a, an exact tilt and exact rotation to be able to have consistent heat and temperature and days. And we have to have an exact build to the earth with crust and water. And we have mm-hmm. to have 
a perfectly orbiting moon orbiting our planet to hold everything in place, and we have to have a mega planet right next to us in the exact orbit it needs to be in to protect us from dangerous things that would cause extinction-level events. All for us to be able to live on Earth. How crazy is that? That's pretty crazy. That's crazy. And that's, that's not even, like, mentioning the stuff that happens, like, on a small level, like, within the human body. Yeah. And that gets just even, even more crazy about this. To even allow actual humans to be alive in the environment. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like, and forgive me for saying something so crazy, it's almost like someone planned it all pretty perfectly. I <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it, it might be possible. <laughs> I, think, I just think it's cool that it takes more faith to believe that every single one of those very specific things happened completely by chance than it does to think that like a greater being was able to like design it that like everything was designed for us to be able to be alive yeah it's certainly the simpler option of the two (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i've (laughs) since we've been we had talked about doing this space episode for a while so i've been doing a lot of research and just thinking about things a lot yeah and uh it's been really fun to ponder. To ponder. Ponder space and the beginning of time. and Yeah. So in case you were thinking that you had to leave our solar system to find an interesting topic for today, I would argue that Earth is pretty interesting all on its own. <laughs> so vote for me. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice bow. Nice bow on the topic. That's cool stuff. Uh, have you have you felt extra small researching this type of stuff? Because I, since just thinking about space a lot and like, I just been have been like staring at space at night. And it just yeah. makes me th- feel very small and insignificant, <laughs> which I think is good every once in a while to like <laughs> it humbles you, you know. Yeah, I was telling Josiah before we hit record to all the listeners out there. Before I landed on this topic, I was just kind of looking at cool. space things and just new new planets new discoveries exoplanets whole systems planets with physics that we've never seen before just like there's so much out there and it's like well all i do is like wake up and go to the pool every day and (laughs) go to taco (laughs) bell for dinner (laughs) how little we are so it's crazy yeah and just just how short we're alive and how many billions of people have existed. And <laughs> it just makes me feel very existential. <laughs> mm. This might mm. just be the deepest that we've gone in a learn me something episode. I, <laughs> yeah. And, and like the amount of research I've done, I did so much research. Yeah. For just, yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Take all the research and give it to me. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. Also be prepared for future episodes. I uh, <laughs> might have some more space things. A variety <laughs> of content. Every other episode is going to be space-themed for the next five years. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try and ma- not make this a, sp- a space podcast. <laughs> okay. So uh, have you ever seen the movie Gravity? Sandra oh, Bullock, Sandra Bullock. George Clooney. Yeah. Yes, it's so good. Yeah. Did you, when you watched it, did you, like, put yourself 
in her position and like think about what it would be like to be in space? Like, would you go there or not? I think I would go if there was ever yeah. some type of opportunity. Uh huh. Yeah, and just like all the 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 risk that it takes to to get up there and come back safely. Yeah. Pr- Speaking of risky. which, uh, side note, just real fast. It's funny that we're recording this today because today Her is Dragon. the day that SpaceX is coming back, right? The yeah, they are they did a couple hours ago as of recording. Oh, did they? I yeah, didn't I watched, see. Yeah, I watched the splashdown. It's cool. They made it back. They're okay. Yep. Yep. I read that that was what Elon was most worried about was the return. Oh, really? Yeah. Did they do? Did they catch him and everything? They yeah they what what happens is the the capsule comes down. And then once it gets through the uh, atmosphere, then the, some parachutes open up. They had like four parachutes. Uh-huh. And then they they fall into the ocean. They got into the Gulf of Mexico, and then they had some boats go out. And uh, they just picked them up with a little crane, put it on the boat, and then they <laughs> pulled them out. That's so cool. I really hope that this yeah. like reignites the space race. What, that's, this, is what, this is my topic. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm basically talking about um, space tourism and the private space industry. Yes. Okay. That's, this is awesome. So, uh, yeah. Is this what, what if one of your topics was going to be? Uh, no, actually researching this. Okay, cool. So there's, there's a couple space companies, some of the big ones that you've heard of SpaceX, Blue Origin, mm-hmm. which is Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon's right company. And then there's also Virgin Galactic, which is owned and financed by Richard Branson, who owns everything with the name Virgin in it, like Virgin <laughs> Mobile. <laughs> he names everything that. Virgin Airlines. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, and then, of course, NASA. But, yeah, we'll talk about that later. So uh, I'm going to walk you through these companies, and we're just going to talk about what they're doing, what it takes to get to space. So starting with Virgin Galactic, they're kind of mostly in space tourism, and they're they're less about like discovery and exploration. Uh-huh. Um, but they've they kind of have been advertising this for a while. All this kind of boom in the private space industry started in like two thousand and has just kind of blown up since then. That's so exciting to me. It's it it is really exciting. I've been Pretty excited and extra dreamy. <laughs> I haven't been dreamy. <laughs> I've been I, so <laughs> dreamy lately. <laughs> but I've been dreaming. Yeah, so so Richard Branson, he's like he's in he's got his hand in a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh like I said, the the airline, phones, just like he's a tycoon. Mega rich. But so his his plan is he wants to take people up to the edge of the Earth's atmosphere once you kind of cross that line into space, which is about 100 kilometers, 62 miles, mm-hmm. and then have a couple minutes up there and then bring people back down. And at this point, he said it's going to be about $250,000 a person. Oh, that's actually less so than what I would have guessed. Yeah. Far more than what I probably will ever have, but less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they they've been pretty ambitious with like their plans of when they think that can happen. Uh-huh. 
But last I read, it says late 2020 uh, with the coronavirus. I don't know if that's probably going to happen, but they say potentially in December. That's so crazy. It could happen. Send send some tourists to space. Um, but they actually had a prize. They Through this company called XPRIZE, they offered $10 million to the first person who could build a spacecraft that could fly into space twice within two weeks. Oh. Yeah. That's so, an interesting way to go about it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. In, I, th- I believe $100 million were spent by a number of different companies and countries trying to to build spaceships and, and rockets and things. But the winner was called Spaceship One. Mm-hmm. And basically, it was like a plane with two fuselages. So like the plane without the wings. Okay. Two of those attached by one giant wing with a little uh, plane spaceship in the middle. So the, the whole thing would take off. Then they drop the Spaceship One, and then that would use its fuel and go up farther from there. Oh, and uh, and then it made it up, up past the sixty-two mile mark, and then as it comes down, the the wings do what's called feathering, and they like lift up, and that slows the descent. Hmm. It does that automatically. It's really cool looking. It's like super futuristic, and uh, not your typical yeah looking That's space cool. thing that you would think of space spaceship that you think of. But really cool, and they. Uh, yeah, so they did that, and uh, they're gonna. They're they've been doing research and development since since then, and they they actually had uh, Spaceship Two, I believe, the second iteration of that uh-huh. ship. The second flight, they had an issue that was caused by pilot error, hmm. and the one of the pilots died, so that kind of slowed down. They were, they were, like I said, pretty ambitious about when they were saying people could go. So they kind of like took a, took a step back and took some time. Yeah, that's the kind of thing you really want to make sure you've mm-hmm. got that down. <laughs> yeah, they said they're like, our, if our primary, our target demographic is like celebrities and politicians. Nice. Like rich people. Of course. And it's, it's bad PR to kill Tom Hanks. <laughs> 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 that's awesome you don't want to do that yeah so they're but I th- I think they said that before <laughs> before their uh, pilot <laughs> died so they probably weren't yeah. making jokes after no 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 um, yeah they're they're kind of like one of the the minor space companies <laughs> yeah if that's a thing and uh, so let's move on to Blue Origin like I said it's run by or it's financed by Jeff Bezos who owns Amazon is and is right. the richest man in the world. But this is like his his uh, <laughs> he joked that he was he started Amazon to fund Blue Origin. Hmm. Because uh, this is like his his thing. He only spends one day a week there, but it's like the thing he loves doing. And then he can he he says like Amazon's his day job. And yeah. Blue Origin's like the passion passion project. The billion dollar passion project. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's crazy. Space travel is expensive. So they, they're they they're into more like space tour, tourism as well, but also exploration. And they're also, uh-huh. they have a plan to go back to the moon and uh, permanently go back there in with, oh. with NASA. 
to work hmm. with NASA. So they're kind of like, they're their own space company, like la launching their own rockets and everything. Yeah. But they also work with NASA, like uh, Boeing and uh, Northrop Grumman, who get hired out from NASA to build build things. So right. Blue Origin has done that too. So they kind of work with the U.S. government. Um, but for for their tourism program, they're going to do the same thing as Virgin, go up to the past the edge of, or like into what they call space. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be between two hundred and three hundred thousand dollars as well. So same ish price range, same idea, but hmm. but that would take you further. No, same. It'd be about the same. Cool spaceship though. The inside <laughs> is like it's like a circle. Oh, and uh, it's pretty cool. And then you, they also can take other payloads up there, like yeah, any anything you could fit in there, I suppose. Um, but they don't. They don't have a, a timeline yet. They're not quite as ambitious in making it fast. Or they're 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 more uh, as most people would say realistic <laughs> about their timelines. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I'll talk about SpaceX SpaceX later, but SpaceX just specifically Elon Musk just really <laughs> just has crazy timelines. Like he's like, yeah, we'll do that in uh, next year. Well, by next year, just but we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll I'll wait until my I'll wait for my Elon Musk comments. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. Um, so they they have th uh, three big projects going right now. Blue Moon, which is their capsule that'll land on the moon, mm -hmm. and in they're working with NASA on that. And then New Shepard is their spaceship, named after Alan Shepard, who is the first American in space. And that is going to go to low Earth orbit. And then their huge rocket is called New Glenn, and that... <laughs> Who's Glenn? <laughs> Glenn. It's not like a super intense name like, like SpaceX's... This is our Dragon biggest rocket yet. Falcon. <laughs> yeah. Glenn. <laughs> this is Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was named after... Let me make sure I got his name right. I believe John Glenn. John Glenn. He was an astronaut. So it has, like, a purpose. It's not cool, but it has a purpose. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's awesome. yeah, that's that's gonna bring. That's got like two, like it shoots up the huge rocket, the bottom part comes off and lands, and then another it shoots off again, then that second part comes off and lands, and then you hmm. got the the uh, capsule at the top that can go out into space. And they say that can also house people, yeah, or payloads, but it's just massive and. Uh, yeah, Blue Origin, between Blue Origin and SpaceX, they're more of the tortoise if SpaceX is the hare. They've been around two years longer than SpaceX, but they do things right. just a little bit slower and under the radar. They're not nearly as widely known as SpaceX. They're not as, as flashy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, well, they don't uh, publicize it and advertise it as as much as SpaceX. Yeah. But they're, they're starting to now as they have kind of been doing it for a little while and and they are starting to know what they're doing. Yeah. And uh yeah, so it's it's kind of between in this private space industry, it's kind of between Blue Origin and SpaceX. Uh okay, now SpaceX, they're into space tourism, also exploration, and then also colonization. Right. Is Elon Musk's big thing trying to get people to Mars. 
and to establish a, co- a colony there. And he, like, like I was talking about his, his timelines, he says we can ha- he wants to have a colony there by 2050, like a permanent base there. Uh-huh. And he says that this was said last year, so again, before the coronavirus, but the end of last year, actually, that he wants to put the first people on Mars in 2022 or 2024. Because hmm. depending on the orbit, every two years, it gets close enough that that's like a good time to launch. Oh, orbits, so. man. Orbits. <laughs> orbits, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they their first tourist is a Japanese billionaire named Yusaku Maezawa. Uh-huh. And uh, he's going to potentially be the first SpaceX tourist in 2023. And they're going to do a loop around the moon. Oh, so they're back. So they're doing big tourism, not just enter <laughs> yep. space yeah. and return. Yep. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, they've they've got some aspirational plans. This it's a really fun company to research and just to like listen to their interviews and things. Yeah. Because the the president, her name is Gwen Shotwell. Uh huh. She's an engineer, and she was saying that within ten years we're gonna have. Um, point-to-point space travel, which means you can travel anywhere on Earth via a, a rocket ship. Oh, wow. And you can get there. You can get anywhere in the world within 30 minutes. That and is she, crazy. And she says it's going to happen within 10 years. Holy cow. That and, is uh, so crazy. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, so basically it takes a boat out to a little ferry where the rocket ship is standing. You get on. And then it shoots you straight up out into space, and then you land on another, like, floating dock. And then uh, you get out. She said the longest time is going out and back on the boat. But you're only on the spaceship for 30 minutes. That's so crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And she's, she said it's actually not as unprofitable as you would think, because, like, a a plane that goes to the other side of the world is going to take almost all day to do that or it's going to take a lot of time yeah but since these are so quick you can do multiple uh, multiple flights a day so that's why they're pushing 10 times as many yeah so that's why they're pushing so hard for the reusable rocket right yeah yeah yeah. that's a big thing yeah thanks for saying that that's blue origin and spacex have been able to build they each have been able to build reusable rockets oh cool they kind of each came to that in their own opinion, or like in their own research, they're like, this is the best way to to make it viable for the future and to keep doing it. You can't just like build a multi-million dollar rocket and then just leave it, yeah. like, toss it in the ocean. So they've they've had a lot of successful landings yeah. in both companies. I've been, it's been a lot of fun. I've been keeping, I haven't done a ton of research, but I've been keeping up with mm-hmm. like watching the launches or watching them Try yeah. to catch it out on the big ships. And it's just, it's yeah. so cool to see. Have you seen the video of uh, the SpaceX put out a couple years ago of like all their failures? The one where it didn't? Yeah. It's like how not to land a rocket. Yeah. And then they tilt. Yeah. It's like, ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He, he calls those uh, RUDs, which stands for Rapid Unscheduled Disassembly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. There's, I yeah. think I've only seen two, maybe three of the fails. I saw one where it was like it almost landed, 
and then it tilted, mm-hmm. and then I saw one that straight up just kind of crash landed. It doesn't look like it should work. It's just like a a giant pole. Yeah. That just like. And it's so like, how tall. How does that balance? That, yeah, it's like where's like the center of gravity? Like that just it doesn't add up. <laughs> Obviously, it does because they made it work, but. Yeah, the the thruster on the bottom is the thing that actually moves. So that's how they're able to do that. That's so crazy. It's, just, it's so crazy. Yeah, so that's their big thing is reusable rockets. That's how it, they're able to make it so much cheaper. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about since space travel, uh, since it started, was only like a government thing. Since it's been privatized and different companies have been doing it, it's like... The competition. There's competition now, yeah. Yeah, and and that makes things cheaper because they've got to find cheaper ways to do it. Where before NASA can just be like, we don't care about price as long as we can make it work and make it safe. Mm-hmm. But the private companies are trying to keep it safe and to make it work and to keep it as cheap as possible. Yeah, and it, the so it's pretty cool. It's ex- it, yeah, it's exciting to see. It's so exciting. So many, so many people working on it and different ideas out there. It's, like, you can look forward, and it's just crazy to me. Like, mm-hmm. if they are successful and find a market for it, then there will be even more competition because there will be actual demand for it. And so definitely, definitely. 10 years, 20 years down the future, like, the amount of innovation will be insane compared to if it, if it was mm-hmm. just NASA sending things to the space station or something. It's, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And actually, SpaceX has uh, another project called Starlink, where they're trying to get a thousand a constellation oh, yeah, 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 yeah. of satellites, and they're trying to get provide worldwide internet. Uh, have you seen that picture of the satellite? A guy was trying to photograph a comet, and he picked up all the satellites too. And it's like the whole sky is just ringed. It's like a long exposure, so they're it's a ring. Oh, I. Th- yeah, I didn't. I didn't look at it, but I saw that. I'll have to look into anyway, it. Anyway, yeah, it's. it's yeah, re- I saw that. I saw like a thumbnail of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so Starlink, they're just gonna put thousands of satellites, uh, in the atmosphere, and they say by twenty twenty one in North America and Canada. Um, but <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows? Honestly, <laughs> it's one of those things where like all the common people who aren't multi billionaires are like, I, I know nothing <laughs> about. <laughs> what that would mean <laughs> like how long that would take yeah and like Shotwell the president of SpaceX she was saying that like there's there's Elon time and there's like normal time <laughs> and e- Elon time is like two times as fast as normal time yeah uh, but yeah in the in the very very ne- near future there's lots of cool space things that will happen it's so cool it makes me think yeah I think that this will be the next, like, tech revolution. The same way that, like, Apple stepped in however long ago, and now computers are crazy innovated compared to what they were at first. Mm -hmm. Because there was some competition that stepped in and changed everything. Yeah, how quickly the technology develops and gets better and better. How long do you think it will be before there is a... (laughs) <laughs> a Walmart level company for like the <laughs> middle class people. Like how long before someone's able to make a like slightly sketchier 
version of it. Like the airlines <laughs> where there's like the planes are, they don't offer as much and it's way less safe, but it's super cheap, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I saw there's a guy who does his own thing. He's building like little, probably like three feet, four feet tall uh-huh. rockets that are self-landing. Oh, that's cool. That So like people are doing it on their own right now, so... I, I'm sure it'll be close behind, <laughs> just like the the discounted space tourism, fifty percent off. <laughs> if, if you can settle for like a seventy five percent success rate, then you can come on this one for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very cheap. Yeah, yeah. So uh, NASA is kind of also doing a little bit of tourism. You can go to the International Space uh-huh. Station coming up soon for $50 million plus $35,000 a night. So they have like a um, hotel up there too. <laughs> uh, in the future, there's actually people working on that, like a hotel that they can send up and attach to the International Space Station. Oh my word, I love that so much. It, <laughs> it, it's like a thing that like expands. <gasps> it's like an RV, you know how uh-huh. RV like yeah. widens? It's like that. <laughs> um. But yeah, the ISS won't be funded by mm-hmm. NASA in four years, so they're trying to. It's it's owned by, it's owned and funded by, uh, I think Russia, Japan, Canada, and the U.S. Maybe one right. other country, but NASA's backing out. I think so. So we're kind of on a time limit with them. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're still gonna use them and and uh, send American astronauts up there, but they're just not gonna fund it, as far as I know. And then there's, Russia has a, the Russian NASA is called Roscosmos, uh-huh. and they're sending two tourists to space in three years, one of whom is going to do a spacewalk. And then there's oh, another cool. company called Space Adventures, and it seems a little iffy to me, but seven, they say seven people have gone to space privately, like, have, like, paid their way to space. Uh-huh. And all seven of those have gone through space adventures. Hmm. And these are all, like, billionaires and business people who have, like, they do all the training and then they go up and stay on the International Space Station. And Yeah. So, like, you can go there and you can go to the website and they have different, like, experiences. Like, you could do, do a spacewalk. You could just go to the low Earth orbit. You could Holy just cow. see a launch. <laughs> it's funny. They have a very narrow market. Huh. And then there's there's a couple other little things that uh, all sorts of little companies. Like there's two spaceship, space balloons. Oh, yes. Space balloon companies that, like two companies are working on space balloons to take people up into space. Okay, that's going to be the Walmart version then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the balloon. Well, we can't get you on a rocket, uh, but here's a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Help me stoke the fire. that's funny and then there's an elevator I don't know how an elevator would work yeah that's very future sounding though yeah I I don't know basically anything but I don't think that sounds like something that would work (laughs) oh and I also saw somebody had a a plan for space billboards which is like kind of horrifying to think about oh no like basically they, they have a bunch of little satellites that are solar powered that light up and they act as like little pixels, so that it can, oh, <laughs> you can like no. spread out and say like Coca Cola. Wouldn't that be horrible? Could you imagine 
like as a like a, as a stargazer like you know, <laughs> I can't wait let me grab my telescope and <laughs> you set it up and you see like 10% off for like car insurance or something <laughs> yeah 15% or more <laughs> yeah I really hope that doesn't happen that'd be very sad well there's already been kind <laughs> of a fuss over the SpaceX the Starlink right People saying that that's messed up. Oh, probably. Yeah, I'm sure. People saying it's messing up like the night sky. I haven't seen them yet, so it doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe. I I don't know. He said they're like shoebox sized. Yeah. And a, thousands of s- satellites sounds like a lot until you realize that like... There's already so much up there. Yeah, and yeah. that's like putting... a th- If you like evenly space out a thousand shoeboxes around the earth it would take a long time to find one <laughs> and and the atmosphere the edge of the atmosphere is way bigger than the earth yeah but yeah i don't i don't necessarily have an opinion right now on that <laughs> <laughs> i say it's worth changing what we see in the night sky every once in a while if it means like this crazy level of innovation i'd say that's yeah unacceptable <laughs> i don't know it would it would give a, a lot of people access to the internet which like we were talking about makes competition grow yeah but and then also that's gonna fund spacex like give them more money to do things so yeah depending on what you think of that <laughs> <laughs> It also uh, saves it saved taxpayers twenty to thirty million dollars. One of their rockets because NASA contracted them out hmm. to work on something, and they just are able to do it cheaper. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So, yeah, it's an exciting time for space travel and uh, space tourism. Yes, all you need is a quarter mil. Yeah, I'm almost there. But I, I saw those those planes that like do the simulated no gravity. Uh-huh. Or low oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are cool. That's only like fifty four hundred dollars. It's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Not as cool as actually being in space, but it's still cool. It's cool yeah. to feel it. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, a lot of exciting things, a lot of private companies working together. Uh if you're interested I listened to this book called The Space Barons, which talks about uh, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson and, and their space companies, and that was hmm. very interesting. That's cool. Um, I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think... I think that's all I got. Uh, that's a, that, was a, that was a pretty cool topic. Uh, props to you. Um, <laughs> it makes me think about, like... I. I want to be reasonable and say that I know that Star Trek isn't going to happen because that's (laughs) (laughs) sci-fi. But it makes me think, like, it's just cool to be alive during the realistic start of, like, what would be that? What would be the realistic version of that? Like, we're at the start of that. Yeah. This is, like, the the second boom in space since like the 60s yeah. was like the first and then since the 2000s it's kind of like boomed again or it is booming again yeah it was cool i cool. heard i might be making this up 
I didn't do the research, but I think that I heard Elon Musk talking about like it was a shame that after they went to the moon, they stopped. Like the something like oh I I'm entering dangerous territory because I could be completely wrong <laughs> about all of this. But something like the rocket that was designed to go to the moon or that the rocket that went to the moon was designed in the start of like going to Mars, that kind of thing. So like it was unnecessarily massive of a rocket for a trip to the moon. But then mm. after they kind of, I guess, won the race to the moon, everyone just, for budget reasons, just kind of stopped. Like the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. and Russia and everything, they just quit. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's cool to see. I, I think I heard Elon saying something in an interview about like how that's a shame that that happened because we could be so much further along by now if they would have mm-hmm. yeah, just kept pushing. Kept going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cool to see that it's picking back up and in such a cool way. Like it's not one company yeah. or one organization yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Okay. Uh, I think before we close... We're going to do a space-themed uh, punishment. Yes. I guess, I, I don't know what that means, but whatever you think it means. We're going to have people <laughs> uh, give us ideas again. Yeah. Is that, is that what we were talking about? Yeah, I think w- this time we'll have people give us ideas, and then we can just pick one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so if, if you have any ideas for a, a spacey type of punishment for Caleb to do... I mean, you meant to <laughs> say, I think, know. for Josiah to do. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Uh, okay, real quick, give a recap on why people should vote for you. Here we go. Basically, I talked about why we're alive and how absolutely insane and how cool that that is. And some of the extremely intricate, massive things that have to happen in order for us to even hope to be alive. Uh, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, and another thing is that... They think that maybe, or scientists are looking, and they think that maybe they found a few planets that fit some of these same requirements, and so they're starting to investigate those. So, also very exciting. That is cool. Um, But you should vote for me because I talked about how (laughs) we're living in the future, and uh, there's lots of private companies doing cool things in uh, trying to go back to space. And uh, you can also go to space pretty soon if you've got lots and lots of money, which is cool. Yeah, it sounds, sounds good. Oh, but vote for me anyway. Real quick, real quick before we close. There's a video. I'll link to it if you're in an app where there's links. You can uh, scroll down and watch it. But it's called Is NASA a Waste of Money? And it's a YouTube video by Mark Rober. And it's... He, he used to be a NASA engineer, and so he just talks about why he thinks it's important to have NASA hmm. and uh, to continue space exploration. So uh, it's really interesting, and I think people should watch it. And, uh, yeah. And there you Any have final it. thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. I like the space. Th- this will probably be our longest episode yet, but... Oh, definitely, yeah. It's, uh, it's thanks for... If you're still listening, thanks for... Yeah. <laughs> This is such an interesting topic, though. And it is really hard to choose one thing to talk about 
I know. When it's I know. space themed in general because there's so many cool spacey things. Yeah, if you're if you're uh, interested in space also, uh, and you know me, come and talk to me because I like talking about space. We can start space club. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I really want to talk to you about some of the other things I researched before I picked this topic, but I might still use them someday, so I'll keep my yeah. mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for reviewing, mm-hmm. if you've done that. If not, um, we would really appreciate it, and it's pretty helpful to help the podcast grow. And uh, Oh, you can vote at Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit, all at learn podcast yes one more time in case you missed it that is twitter instagram and reddit at learn podcast if you are a regular listener of our listener of ours and you haven't followed those social medias yet i would definitely jump on there and hit follow because well like we mentioned earlier we're having a lot of fun on there choosing punishments and giving more information about the topics and having a just a good old dandy time Yeah, it's pretty fun. So, okay, Josiah, that was a good episode five. We're going to have to start counting on two separate hands how many episodes we have soon. That's exciting. (laughs) Okay, if you listened to this and you liked it, don't forget to leave that review. Uh, Follow us on our social media and go ahead and start telling your friends. All right, thanks for listening. Yep. Uh, Hey, Larry, play us out.